Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. Join Tyler and his team as they unlock the secrets to achieving financial independence through wealth building strategies inspired by Robert Kiyosaki and other thought provoking leaders. Learn to build leveraged streams of cash flow that land in your pocket and improve your quality of life. Gain access to cutting edge ideas that will increase your productivity and streamline your success. Find out how to supercharge your retirement plan so you won't have to retire with a pay cut. You can escape the rat race. Are you ready? It's time to learn to earn with Tyler Chef. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. We've arrived at episode 34 of the Cashflow Guys podcast. Today's guest, it's been, he's a busy guy. He's all over the place. He's one of the most important members of my team. For the rest of you that are on my team listening to this, please don't be offended, but I'm sure every one of you would agree. Today, we are here with Kevin Overstreet. He is the president and the owner of Insured Title Agency, and also he's now a partner in Synergy Title, which is a new title company started in my hometown. One of the reasons I brought him on the show, besides to educate you on taking massive action and avoiding pitfalls, common pitfalls that you find with title work, is that Kevin can facilitate closings no matter where you are in the country. It doesn't really matter what state you're in, where you're buying your properties. Kevin's company can service you anywhere in the U.S. Kevin, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Tyler. Thanks for having me. You know, Kevin, I was at Toastmasters today and uh, talking to the city clerk who was sitting right next to me. And she was telling me a story of how these folks are getting caught up in these foreclosure auctions where they're, they're basically, they're buying a, a property at a HOA foreclosure auction. And I know you've run into this before. And then they find out that uh, they've bought it. It's a great deal, a couple thousand dollars. They think they've got a nice 3-2 house and they're going to have a $100,000 profit. And then we find out that, well, guess what? There's a bank note. Can you talk about that for a minute? Absolutely. Yeah, this is a, an extremely common um, problem that investors are running into. What a lot of people don't realize, uh, well, a few things. One is when you purchase a property at auction from the county, you're going to take title to that property via a certificate of title or what we call a COT. And that is very similar to a quitclaim deed in that it, it carries zero insurance for one, but even even more so, it carries zero promise of clear title. The, um, the grantor, being the county, is able to uh, grant that to you, and it is subject to anything and everything that may be on title. So um, to your point, Tyler, the, an HOA foreclosure, what's typical when people go, uh, when they come along hard times financially, they stop making their mortgage payment and they also stop making their HOA payments, usually at the exact same time. And what happens is the HOA can foreclose very, very quickly compared to a lender. If you consider the, the amount of paperwork that you did when you purchased your home, uh, the mortgage paperwork was quite extensive. A lot of it is very uh, borrower protective, um, as it should be. HOAs don't have that issue, so they can foreclose in a matter of sometimes weeks or months where it may take a lender a couple or a few years to actually take the property. So let me clarify, so I'm clear here and the, and the listeners are clear. You, you, go, you go down to Bank of America when you buy your house, you get your mortgage, that's the first position lien. Things happen, you stop paying your bills. Let's say you stop paying your bills January 1. 
uh, that which includes your mortgage and your your homeowners association. So HOA folks, in case you don't know, is homeowners association. Homeowners association fees you stop paying those. A couple months goes by, they decide that they're going to foreclose on you. At the same time, let's say the bank forecloses on you. But what you're telling me is that they're more successful in getting it done faster than the banks are. Is that true? Yes. And at the time that you purchase your home, there is no lien with the HOA. So the mortgage is recorded as a lien against the property. And keep in mind, when you when you purchase a home with the assistance of a mortgage, there are two primary things that happen. One is the creation of a debt, and that is evidenced by the note, and that is the borrower's personal promise to repay the lender according to the terms of said note. The other thing, which is separate but important, is the mortgage or the lien, and that is the borrower's authorization to securitize that note or that debt with the property, and that's that's the entire reason that you are able to get a four, 3 or 4% interest rate versus something like you would have with a credit card, which is an unsecured debt. So... That is a lien that is placed on the property at the time of closing that uh, when you refinance or sell, that lien will be satisfied of record, of public record, and it will go away. The HOA lien, there is no lien at that point because you're not behind. As soon as you go delinquent on your payments to the HOA, they then file a lien, but obviously that is inferior or subordinate to the lender's lien, and that is only because of the time of recording. Um, and keep in mind, the, the lien priority is all about the time of recording. If if you have two liens and one of them is recorded five years before the other, it's superior. It gets paid first. If it's recorded five seconds before the other, it's still just as superior. So the HOA will come in and say, okay, you haven't made your payment in three months or three quarters or whatever the case may be, and they'll place that lien on the property inferior to the lender's lien. And then they foreclose on that lien, they being the HOA. They come in and they take your property. Um, they very often come to the homeowner and say, we just took title to your property and we would like to rent it to you. That's probably a topic for a whole other podcast, Tyler. I can imagine. Um, but uh, they are then put in title via the certificate of title that I mentioned in the beginning. And that is issued by the clerk of the court in Florida. And it says you have title to the property subject to any superior liens of which the primary one is the lender's lien. So they take title to the property. They Let's say they're owed $15,000. They then get a, prior to taking title, they go, go through all the steps with the court. They get the final judgment of foreclosure issued by the judge. And they are in that judgment of foreclosure, which is public record. It's going to outline how much they are owed uh, plus legal fees. And it's going to be very, very precise. And it's going to, ish, it's going to um, show a foreclosure sale date. So then the investor, very, very few investors know what they're doing. And the ones that do make a gob of money doing it right. They work with people like Tyler and they, and they make a lot of money. Many, many of them, um, they see, oh, wow, this, this property is going for sale for $15,000 potentially. So I know it's worth a hundred. So I'm going to go and purchase it for 15,000. And that's what they do. The HOA is then satisfied. Their judgment is paid. And they go on about their merry way, and then, the um, again, there's no insurance. There's nothing that, that guarantees that investor has clear title to the property. So I've even seen it to the degree of they say, well, let me gut this house. Let me put a ton of money into it and make it beautiful because I'm going to flip it. I'm going to sell it. I'm doing everything the right way. And then they come to a title company like mine when it goes under contract months later for that sale, and guess what? 
Well, now the lender is foreclosing. <laughs> and the lender literally takes that property and it's very complicated with what happens with the extra money. If there is extra money, the improvements that occur, um, uh, it, it becomes very, very uh, drowned in legalese and it's an absolute mess. But that investor is is out. It is buyer beware, period. So correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, I, I see this a lot. And unfortunately, people come to me after the fact, Kevin. I appreciate the plug. But the problem is it's too late usually when people come to me. They've already gone down to the courthouse. They've gone online. They've paid for some guru course that told them that they could bid on these things, get possession of the property, and they're going to get rich overnight, find out, well, your $150,000 house has a $175,000 mortgage on it that they just bought for 10000 How could this? How is this preventable? What's the right thing to do? I'm getting ready to go bid on one of these auctions. What do I do? Let me let me make one more point there, Tyler. The um, and this is again, we're, we're skimming the surface on a few topics here that all need to be individually delved into. But when when that investor turns and sells the property, when he sells that property, uh, let's say the lender has started foreclosing, or let's say they haven't. Let's say the um, let's say the HOA foreclosed and the payments to the mortgage were never behind and the lender is not coming after the property yet but now and that's not common but it could happen now that's that investor that buyer at the courthouse steps who then sells the property they're going to convey that property or transfer title of that property with a warranty deed and the word warranty is synonymous with guarantee they are personally guaranteeing that that new buyer the end buyer has clear title to the property. So when that end buyer loses the home months or years later to the lender who was always in first lien position, they have a title claim and they also have a claim against that seller, their seller, which was the initial investor. Um, as you can tell folks, it gets really complicated and really messy. Um, yeah, I'm thinking attorney at this point. Um, yeah, or maybe a team of them because that's what the, the lender has on their side. And the county is absolutely not liable for anything. They can do it wrong. Um, I'm looking at a case right now that um, probably could involve a few podcasts on just its own. But um, a lot of people have a lot of exposure. And the, people, the, the party that made the mistake was the county, but they have zero exposure. And that's just, because that's they're just, the county. Because they're the county. You can't fight City Hall. Yeah, you and, can't and fight City case, Hall. Literally. Um, but uh, to get back to Tyler's question, to avoid this, number one, if you are, if the, if the judgment, if the plaintiff on the judgment, the foreclosure judgment, is an HOA, that is the biggest red flag that you can see. Now, this could have been a non-encumbered property, uh, you, which means there was not a loan against the property. Someone could certainly, and this happens, someone could certainly purchase a property with cash, um, have no mortgage, so have no lien in favor of a mortgage company, and still go into default on their HOA payments and still lose the property. Now, if that happens, when the inexperienced investor goes to bid that $15,000, the savvy investors are going to be there because they've done their homework. And they're going to know this property is worth a hundred. I'm going to bid it up to what it's worth so that I can flip it because they, they've done things the right way. Now, what does that mean? Do things the right way? Yeah, that's my, that's my question is what is the right way? Well, um, at the very least learn how or hire someone who knows how to do a title search of the property. Now, Florida, we're blessed in the state of Florida. It's one of the reasons I moved here uh, in addition to the, the fishing and golf, um, and title premiums, of course, the, the, the county records in the state of Florida are very, very good. They're very advanced versus most of the rest of the nation. And you can find most of this stuff online, actually all of it. 
you can go back yourself with minimal training and figure out, okay, these are the other liens on this property. Um, and you can almost always be correct if you do it the right way. You can also outsource that to a title agency. Um, we personally don't do much of this because, frankly, there's not much money in, in it. And uh, this is a non-insured product. At that point, we're, we're simply doing an a informational search, giving it to someone who's an investor. And uh, they pay us a few bucks for it. And it's, it's not our bread and butter. It's not what we, what we focus on. But we do help people learn how to do this themselves. Now, the only true way to avoid... All of these problems, and, and forget about the HOA issue for a minute. Just think about purchasing what seems to be legitimate. A, uh, a lender foreclosed. The lender now owns the property, and they are going to sell that at auction, and you're going to buy it and get a certificate of title. Well, guess what? You still don't have any type of insurance at that point. It is still buyer beware. The only way, and, and this, is a, uh, this was a battle that I had with my underwriters to get them on board with doing this, and I, I really think I'm the only title agent in the state who has come up with this plan, which no one is taking advantage of, by the way, because um, investors and agents don't get it. But the only way to do it is to say, hey, here's two weeks lead time, and we want to pay for an extremely, extremely extensive search. And it's not just a title search. It is an examination of the foreclosure proceeding. And that is going back, um, and honestly, this is over my head a little bit, which is why the underwriters do this, and that's why they are paid for it. Going back through the, from the time of the Liz pendants being filed, probably from the time of the initial lien being filed, and coming all the way to current and making sure everyone was given notice properly. If they filed an objection, did they do it in time? Did they do it correctly? Was it answered correctly? Was all procedure followed? <clears throat> because guess what happens in Florida? tons of foreclosures, tons of law firms. Uh, we won't mention any names, but you've heard of the foreclosure mills. Oh, yeah. They're doing hundreds of foreclosures a day, or at least they were at one point. And what will happen is a smart attorney, I, I always say Florida is nothing but sunny places and shady people. And um, <laughs> Yeah, that's for sure. An attorney will grab a borrower, the poor victim of this foreclosure, and figure out a technicality that the lender did wrong, or more likely the lender's law firm that they, that they um, hired. And it gets thrown out, and then it gets extrapolated. And all of a sudden, you have the court saying, well, you know, uh, Mr. Law Firm, Mr. Foreclosure Mill, if you did that one wrong, What's to say you didn't do all 20,000 of them wrong? Oh, there's a can of worms. Yeah. And then you have all of these foreclosures that are not correct, and none of the zero of the buyers at the foreclosure steps, the investors typically, have any type of title insurance. So the only way to avoid it is to create more time by going back in time, being way more proactive. I personally think if you're an investor looking at properties – today that are going for sale tomorrow or Friday or whatever the case may be, you are playing with fire. Uh, you, you'll be successful most of the time, and most of the time you won't have a problem like this. But I have a file on my desk where there was $108,000 loss. Ouch. I mean, yes, and I don't mean a um, money they didn't make. I mean money that is gone uh, because it's 6 o'clock at night. I'm bidding on this tomorrow. I'm going to take a quick look and Nothing was done right in the foreclosure because, and it wasn't examined because they, no one had time to do it. 
So they now they're stuck with the property. They've got one hundred eight thousand dollars in liens against this property, and there's there's nothing they can do. Um, uh, even well, worse, the uh, we had a first and second mortgage, and both with the same lender, and the lender, both mortgages went into default. And this gets complex, but they were recorded out of order back in the early 2000s. So the lender mistakenly foreclosed on the second mortgage. Whoops. We're talking a huge lender. Uh, again, we won't mention names, but a huge lender whose first mortgage department and second mortgage department are in different states, different regions of America, and they don't know what's going on with one another. So the f- second mortgage, which chronologically appeared to be the first mortgage, from a public record standpoint, was foreclosed on completely and went to sale, and these folks came in and bought it. No title insurance, no examination of the foreclosure docket, no protection whatsoever, but on the surface, again, it looked normal. Then they put something like 70 grand into the house, doing everything the right way, making it beautiful. Now it's under contract to to sell, and the Full search is done and is determined, whoa, wait a second, there's a superior lien from the same lender in first position. So the lender had to be alerted to that because a payoff had to be gotten from the lender. And the lender says, oh, okay, pay us off in full. Now. Now. So, (laughs) yeah, so these these folks, not only did they sink a bunch of money into the property, and, and I feel terrible for these guys, not only did they do that, but now they are bringing a check to the closing in order to get get the property off their books. So they've, they, they've really lost out, and it's unfortunate. So at this point, I mean, this all could have – what blows my mind is that every bit of this could have been avoided. They would have picked up the phone, call a company like Insured, or take the time to, to learn how to do the abstract, which is something that we're going to do uh, in conjunction with Insured Title here coming up soon, is learning how to do the, the title search and the exam and all that. And then we're going to we're going to capture that information and provide it to you guys. So when you get into these and you're doing this research, you got to check for this stuff. You got to know where you are, because Kevin, how often do you see this happen? Quite often, I would imagine. Um, and I don't see many of them uh, compared to how many there are. It's uh, it's it's mind blowing how. Um, and this isn't a, a, a slam on investors at all. The, the people in general, uh, people get into a profession and they see uh, the. They see some of the details, but they don't see the minutia of what goes into uh, doing this the right way. Um, I, I would love to go to the typical investment guru seminar, where, by the way, they're just trying to sell you on the next seminar. But anyway, I would love to go to those, any of those, and grab that guru and say, okay, explain to me how a title search works. Uh, what is lean position? What is... Uh, subordination. What does that mean? What are the, uh, I I bet I could throw 10 questions at them that is truly title 101. And if they knew more than two of them, I'd be amazed. And those are the folks telling you to follow their lead. And it's, um, it's not the right way to do it. And Tyler alluded to it uh, just now, but one of the things that that we're going to do, Tyler and I are going to put together a free and we won't be selling anything uh, to educate the investor. Um, you're going to come to a location yet to be determined because uh, we have a, a monthly seminar that we do for real estate agents that takes a ton of my time. Plus, I'm running two businesses, as Tyler suggested. And plus, I have to deal with these podcasts and things like that that take my time. Thank you, Tyler. But um, <laughs> we are going to put together a Investor Title 101. Uh, that's a working title, of course. But we're going to have you come in and sit down. And maybe it's online as well. And look, if you're doing... If you're doing a search on five properties that you're interested in as an investor, here's how you do the title search. What what most people are doing is they say, 
okay, these are the, I, I want to look at these five properties going for sale on Monday. I'm going to go drive by them and see what kind of physical condition they're in. And that's very important, but as important, and I dare I say more important, they need to know what kind of condition the title is in because the, the property can be a dump or can be a mansion, but if you can't take clear title to it, you're going to lose, period. Lose big. Huge. Lose big. Now, I want to touch on, before we wrap up, because I know you're busy and you got other things to do today, and this is something that you taught me uh, as an agent and as my title guy. You taught me to make sure that when I'm representing a buyer or if I am the buyer, that I always control the title transaction. In other words... If, when I'm on the buy side, if I'm whether I'm acting as the buyer or the agent or the wholesaler or whatever, that I use, and I, obviously your reasons are you're going to get the benefit out of that because you're my title guy and there's nothing wrong with that. However, what I've found is by when I control the the closing or where the closing is being done, I also control the quality, not necessarily of of the entire transaction, but the quality of the title work, the quality of the search, and more importantly, making sure that the deed is written and recorded properly to make sure I don't have any issues down the road. Now, tell me, Kevin, are you aware of any laws, regulations, or anywhere that you've ever heard of where the seller is required or allowed by law to mandate who the title company is. Isn't that usually a point of negotiation? Absolutely. Yeah, this is a this is a huge misconception, particularly in the Tampa Bay market. Um, if you look at most of America, the the buyer is in control of where they get their their title insurance from. And remember at the at the end of this whole transaction, we're talking about uh, title searches and closings and realtors and all of these things that are important, but the end product is the title underwriter, the title company, not the agency. I'm an agency. Stewart Title and Fidelity Title are, are our underwriters. They approve us to ensure the buyer's ownership of that legal description or that piece of property with their backing. <clears throat> so there are a mountain of issues that can occur when the buyer isn't in control. It's, it's truly the same as um, a seller saying, okay, you can buy my property, but here's where you get your mortgage and this is your homeowner's insurance policy. And, oh, by the way, your survey is dictated by me. None of this makes sense. But in the Tampa Bay area, it's custom, customary for the seller to typically choose and pay for the title premium, choose the title company and pay the premium. Um, so what I, what I train agents to do, uh, speaking of the realtor, is take advantage of that. When you have the listing, everyone already assumes you're in control. So forget about logic and make sense and making sense. And stay in control. When you have the buyer, or when you are the buyer as an investor, you should take control because uh, people think it's about the cost of the of the title premium. It's not just that. That is that is a small piece of what you're buying when you buy a piece of property. What's more important is, uh, particularly for the investor, you're going to buy a property. Let's say it's bank owned. So you, uh, if you've ever looked, if you've ever read a contract from the asset management company issued on behalf of the bank, which is the seller, read through that. First of all, I think it's three or four times as long as a typical Florida contract, and it is extremely seller-friendly. And that's okay, because that's the way the game is played. But why don't you have anyone on your side? That REO title company, and nothing against the guys that do what I do, but they've gone the direction of chasing the asset management companies as their source of business. I've 
purposely stayed away from that because I know it's an up and down type of business, but also because they, they don't care. They don't compete for the business. They have it um, handed to them. And if your deal doesn't close, that's fine. They have 40 more on their desk and they just don't care. So, well, and you just hit the nail on the head. It's a clearinghouse. They don't care. And it comes down to a price point. It doesn't come down to quality. And I've been dealing with your company long enough on properties that I own in two different states to know that <laughs> it's certainly not, there's nothing to do with the cost. It's about the quality. And I don't think that you could provide that level of service and still maintain the quality at the, the price points that they're trying to do. Yeah, I mean, you, know, it's, you get what you pay for in the title business. Yeah. When I, um, I've been doing this, I'm in my 19th year. And when I started my first company in 2003, um, I worked for another company before that, but in 03, we, uh, this was in St. Louis, Missouri, and, and we tried to get the, the HUD contract. And this was before the foreclosure crisis, and uh, you know, people didn't know what short sales were or they weren't that familiar with foreclosures. But HUD has always had foreclosed homes that they were liquidating. And we tried like crazy to get the contract, and it was mostly a bidding war. Uh, some of it was geographically based, but it was basically who's cheapest. And we didn't get it the first year. We didn't get it the second year. And the third year, we were one of three title companies in St. Louis to have the HUD contract, the holy grail of business, right? So I literally had a party in my office uh, to celebrate um, securing this contract. And it was a round robin thing where every third HUD sale uh, went to, to my title agency. And it was the very worst business that I've ever had. And I wish I would have never gotten it. Uh, we had bad properties with bad agents uh, selling to bad buyers who were doing bad things. And, of course, we had to be cheaper than everyone, which is how we got it. Of so, course. Yeah, so that's not, that, that is not what you're looking for as an investor. You're, if, if you're looking for the cheapest ever, um, if you want everything for nothing, then you're going to get burned. Um, if you want quality, you, you talk with people like Tyler and myself. Thanks, Kevin. I really appreciate you taking the time today. And, and those listeners, if this is your first time tuning in, go back and listen to a couple episodes. The nature of the Cashflow Guys podcast, why we're here is to educate, to dominate. We want to educate the marketplace. We're not those real estate gurus. We don't have a credit card machine. Um, Kevin is a big believer in education. And before I sign off, I want Kevin to tell you about the become a better agent. I know this is a uh, currently a local scenario, but it's probably going to expand from there. I'm not going to spoil it for Kevin, but I want to bring Kevin back on one more time to talk about the be a better agent training program that he's doing here in the Tampa Bay market, and which I'm I think is going to expand out to some maybe some other markets down the road, isn't it, Kevin? Yeah, I, I'm I'm sure it will. We've actually just had our tenth one. This is a monthly conference. It's uh, focused on the real estate agent. Uh, we had about 120 of them at our last one. And the next one is August 11th, and it starts at 8.30 a.m., and it's going to be at the Rusty Pelicans. A free breakfast for everyone who attends. You must register by going to babaevent.com. That's B-A-B-A-E-V-E-N-T.com. All educational, no sales, um, no uh, no. Uh, come to our next seminar and pay more money type of thing. And uh, we actually had an investor edition a few months ago and it was very well received but we invite investors to come because you're going to be working with realtors you want them to be better you want to be better and um if you're if if you're not learning if you're not getting ahead then you're falling behind absolutely thanks again kevin i really appreciate that so i just want to quickly summarize folks what we talked about is when you're buying these foreclosure auctions if it's an hoa go back and Make sure you do your due diligence. Reach out to a title company or learn how to do an abstract and do the title searches yourself. Know what you're getting yourself into. 
when you're buying a bank-owned property or any property for that matter, think about controlling the title. Who does the closing? Keep in mind, this is not intended to be a commercial, but realistically, it should be. The reason why I've been so successful in real estate, why I have yet to be burned, is because I used one title company, well, now two, because Kevin opened a second one, to close my title business. That makes sense to me because I don't have to spend money on attorneys fixing problems that were caused when I was trying to save a buck. It comes down to doing it right the first time, not doing it twice. If you want to reach out to Insured Title, you have more questions. You can reach down, reach them on the web at in the word insured and then dash title.com. This will be in the show notes, insured-title.com. Or you can call them by phone at 813-855-3585. And as always, if you want to reach out to us on the web, that's cashflowguys.com. If you're on Facebook and you want to join our group, as you, those of you that are, that are regular listeners know, all of the guests of our show are invited to come to our Facebook group. That's a good place for you to ask questions. They will, as they have time, respond to your questions and provide answers. And if they cannot, we will reach out to them, get the answers for you, and then we'll shoot a video on there. It's a great place for you to learn. There's absolutely no cost, no obligation. You go to cashflowguys.com forward slash group. Cashflowguys.com forward slash group. That takes you to our private Facebook group. If you want to register for our list, our mail, get on our mailing list to get more information, just use our website and uh, thecashflowguys.com. Put a forward slash register behind that, forward slash register, R-E-G-I-S-T-E-R. And as always, if you want to book a free 30-minute consultation with me to get you off the couch, get you investing, get your money going to work, you don't know what to do, you're stuck, afraid, unsure, you already made a mistake and you need to get dug out or you need access to one of my team members to help you through a situation, go to cashflowguys.com forward slash ask Tyler. Cashflowguys.com forward slash ask Tyler. See you guys next week. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to cashflowguys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas. So you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.